I was just praying. I was like, God, is this what it's like before somebody murders you? You know, so the Holy Spirit was ministering to me. And it's like, you're going to run professionally, but it's not going to be for money. It's going to be for souls. And I'm going to slow you down. Hello, everybody. You're a uh, host, Jason Dennis, here uh, coming to you from uh, sunny and hot and humid Georgia right in the uh, middle of July. So I uh, hope you all are doing well and staying cool in your air conditioning or wherever you are. Maybe you're running, biking, whatever else outside. So uh, stay hydrated and uh, make sure to cool off before and afterwards as well. Got a, a treat for you today. Um, I interviewed a gentleman from Houston, Texas, who I met on the Hatfield-McCoy Marathon about a month, month and a half ago. He is doing 50 marathons in 50 states in uh, 50 weeks. And uh, so we're going to talk about that challenge with him, uh, talk about a workplace shooting where he was a victim several years ago, his faith in Jesus, uh, weight loss things where he's lost over 150 pounds, and uh, just having joy and uh, just being a, a running servant, as he's called, uh, for Jesus and for others. So I'm uh, looking forward to uh, you hearing that conversation with Aaron Burroughs, really, really inspiring. And uh, you know something else that really kind of blown me away is inspiring for me is that you guys are listening right now, I recently found a website somebody pointed me to called Listen Score, and uh, they have about 2.5 million podcasts they're tracking all over the globe, globally here. And so uh, out of all those, nearly 2.6 million podcasts globally, they rank mine as one of the top 3% most popular shows. So uh, really proud, and thank you so much for listening to the Run the Race podcast. We're now on uh, episode number 73. You can find all the previous ones at WTVM.com slash podcast. If you like it or if you don't, you can also go to the bottom of Apple Podcasts, write us a little quick review. So um, really, really appreciate you guys tuning in to these extraordinary stories from folks uh, about fitness and faith on a hopefully weekly basis. I did take a few weeks off after my last episode just because, you know, just busy with life and just mental health and just everything going on. I uh, just need to take a little break, uh, still doing my newscast, everything, my day job, and still taking care of my family. And back behind the mic for uh, this podcast now. And uh, later on, uh, just a teaser ahead towards the end after my chat with Aaron, uh, I do uh, a little, you know, our new segment called Stuck in My Head. And uh, it's uh, a song that we actually heard uh, sung to us uh, at that Hatfield-McCoy Marathon, uh, Run to You. I'll give you my, a snippet of my little version of that. Maybe get it stuck in your head, the Whitney Houston one, who sings much better than I do, obviously. Uh, but that's just a teaser ahead. But uh, right now, you're going to hear uh, my uh, really uh, extraordinary chat with Aaron Burroughs, who is in Houston, Texas. He just turned 50 years old this past January. And uh, so he, he is he's a runner, uh, has been for many years, but about six years ago, he had a, a workplace incident where he was shot five times, most of those in the glute in the, in the bottom area, and still has about one and a half, two bullets, fragments still in him in his glutes. And, and, and he's running away and, and doing uh, all just these amazing things. Like I told you, uh, he is to celebrate his 50th birthday. He has this audacious goal, Aaron Burris does, of running 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 weeks. He started back in mid-January 2021, and now he's uh, 27 states down and uh, 23 to go. So he is doing great. We talked to him about that and uh, the, the reasons why he's tackling this goal. Uh, one of them is he wants to get back to where he was running prior to being shot uh, because he was actually on the verge of turning pro in trail running. Uh, he's slowed down quite a bit since then, mostly because of the shooting. He also runs to fight off PTSD, so we talk about that, the importance of mental health. And um, probably most importantly, he is the, quote, running servant. He believes he's running to help others as God would have him do. Uh, he really uh, loves to talk about Jesus, loves to talk about his faith and how important it is to, uh, to serve him and uh, how he, what he's done for us. And uh, he, he's also uh, weighed about 380-something pounds at some point in his life and now uh, knocked down to about 220 pounds at one point. Um, so, uh, you know, running really has saved his life several ways from, you know, the weight loss, but also from, you know, post a shooting. 
And, uh, you know, like I said, if he, one of those bullets, he was telling me off mic, that, it, you know, if it almost hit his femoral artery, by, it missed it by a mere one centimeter before exiting his body. So doctors say, really, he should have been dead. Or, and he also, they, they told him he will never have another moment without pain. Uh, so, you know, and he deals with that pain mentally and physically and is, uh, is running uh, to help make that happen and uh, really pointing people to Jesus. So uh, here is uh, Aaron Burroughs, the running servant. All right, I'd like to welcome uh, Aaron Burroughs to the uh, podcast. Thank you so much, Aaron, for joining us uh, from uh, Houston, Texas. Thank you, Jason, for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. You and I met at the Hatfield-McCoy Marathon in the West Virginia, Kentucky area about, about a month ago. And uh, when we met, it was the day before the race, and we were in a cafeteria eating dinner at kind of the expo. And you got up with a cane that you had bought at the expo, I think, and used that as your <laughs> microphone. You were, you were singing and dancing and, and uh, having a good time. I mean, that, that was you, you, were the, you were the entertainment for us right before the, uh, the race, right? Yeah, it was the song that did it, did it to me, uh, the, the old school song the DJ was playing. The P-Funk All-Stars. Yes. I remember that was the band, but I think it was the Atomic Dog. Well, you have some funky dance moves, so uh, so you, you, you used some energy up before we went and ran uh, for several hours uh, the day after. But we're gonna, we got a lot to get to today. We're going to talk about you know your running adventures, uh, this challenge where you're doing uh, 50 marathons in uh, 50 states in uh, 50 weeks over the course of this year, 2021. I'm going to talk about you know your, the importance of faith in Jesus for you and as you're the, the running servant, um, your, your weight loss adventure and, and uh, you know having joy and kind of what's next for you. But, but first, I wanted to talk to you about something you know very serious that, that happened to you in life, kind of going back in time to uh, the end of November 2015. I know this was right after Black Friday. You were working at a, at a large retailer. And tell me about... Uh, uh, what happened that day? Because this is something that you know that that definitely changed your life, right? Definitely um, changed my life. Definitely put me on a course of direction that the Lord would have me to be on. Um, I was I worked for this uh, company. I was in retail management. I worked for them for ten years. During the course of that time, people kept asking me, "Why are you here?" It was like, you have, you're so talented. You're doing this, you're doing that. Why are you even here? And I used to tell people, the Lord has me here. Hmm. And I said, you know, I tried to leave sometimes because I was facing a lot of uh, things, discrimination for my face. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> this is bullying. It's abuse, abusive language. It's mental abuse. Uh, the Holy Spirit during my prayer time and reading of the scripture and worship would just let me know. When when it's your time, you're going to know because I'm going to remove you. Hmm. And what happened was, is I went to work one day and um, unbeknownst to me, a situation happened, a workplace shooting. I noticed the unfolding of events that was oblivious to others and I had a choice to make at that point in time to either run and save my own life or, you know, help uh, one of my superiors and a f uh, several of my subordinates. And I knew for a fact that these, these uh, people did not know the Lord. Um, they never professed to know the Lord. They, you know, some of them often would persecute me. I ended up getting them free uh, with a gunman standing over me. And this was an intruder to the store there. Yes. And I ended up uh, getting them free. And the guy was uh, mad because I got them free. And he told another person to, you know, finish him off, you know killing and I'm laying on my back, my hands up in the air, you know, telling the guy, man, just leave, you know, y'all just leave. And 
the police sirens blaring in the background. These guys wasn't in a hurry. They wasn't afraid of anything. It seemed to be like, and next thing you know, it was like God slowed down his finger and I seen him pull for the second shot and I moved out of the way, hit the ground and I just knew to get up and run and stay low. I played sports in high school. I played football. So I knew, you know, stay low. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I got hit four times in, in the buttocks area. After that, one of the bullets went through my leg, out my left inner thigh, past one millimeter uh, by my femoral artery. I would have bled to death. I was told by the um, hospital had that bullet hit my femoral artery. Um, I had one bullet removed by surgery. One bullet is still in my actual glutes. Wow. And it, the scar tissue and everything back there, you can imagine in running, is that's the powerhouse of it. And it, 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 uh, purpose, it proposes a, a very difficult issue for me. Um, but I got the freedom and someone told me, uh, it was the detective that came to the hospital that I saved. you know, he's like, I talked to your coworkers and he, he said, you saved the least three people's lives. I want you to know that. You know, and I was like, you know, he said I was a hero. And I was I'm like, you know, I'm no hero. I'm just somebody whose life has been saved, um, not only here on earth, but for all eternity. My soul, my spirit is going to be with the Lord. So it was very valuable to me. Um, one of the uh, co one of my coworkers, uh, she ended up telling me that one of the guys was thanking me and I told him no need to thank me. If I died, I was going to heaven. But if you die, you don't know Jesus. You are going to go to hell. Mm. And I don't even remember saying that <laughs> the adrenaline was running. I was just praying. I was like, God, is this what it's like before somebody murders you? And I had peace with, with God knowing that if I died, I was going to go be with the Lord. I was thinking about my kids and them not having a father there for them and how that would affect them. And just fortunate for me, the type of weapon that was used um, had I been further away from him would have done a lot more damage um, as the bullets are known to travel. But because I was so close to him, the heat from the actual projectile uh, cauterized the entry wound. So I had very little bleeding and uh, it slowed down the bullets within my body. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, I'll definitely so. call I'll definitely call you a hero as well. But, you know, like you said, I mean, you serve the real hero, you know, who, who died on the cross for us. And, and Amen. so, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, that's what it's about. So, you know, kind of with that happening, um, yeah, I guess, um, almost six years ago, um, did, you know, and, 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 you know, God, you know, your life is saved, you're spared for a reason. I mean, does that change you? I know you were a runner before that, uh, really kind of into trail runner running. And I think you were even close to turning professional from what I've read. So how did that change Aaron Burris and, and, you know, that incident, that workplace shooting your shot, what you were shot what five times. Is that right? And then you have five times one or two, you have two bullets still in you or, or one. Yeah, I have one bullet in my gluteus maximus, my right gluteus maximus, and I have a bullet fragment in my left uh, tissue above my gluteus maximus. Wow. So, so and then I have the scar tissue, and I have one bullet removed by surgery. Wow. So, so how does that change you? You know, emotionally, physically. I mean, does that and you know. Uh, give you a perspective that like life is precious and that you're kind of motivated to do different things than you were before? I was, um, in coming to the Lord, I had a part of saw conversion. Um, one moment I was gang banging, drug dealing, whoremongering. And the next moment I'm out <laughs> to the same people that I was running uh, 
running wild with, telling them to repent that the kingdom of God is at hand, letting them know about God's son and Jesus Christ and just ministering for five straight years uh, out at the clubs and everything until God transitioned me from there. So I was uh, I was a little taken in the sense that as a as an athlete in high school, I didn't like running. Running was always used as a punishment in, you know, football, basketball. And so I didn't like running. So uh, when I was turning 40, I was almost 400 pounds. And I ended up, it was raining one day, and I told a friend of mine, we were leaving from church. I was like, man, I haven't ran in the rain since I, since high school. I said, I think I'm going to go run in the rain. Hmm. And that's when I started, and I didn't stop. The first day I ran three miles, and... Oh man, everything in my body was hurting the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I had a young kid that um uh, went to Kepner High School here in uh Sugarland, Texas area, and he was uh telling me, you know, run two mile uh two miles a day, even if you gotta split them up between morning and evening. And he said, and then I'll rest on Sunday, I'll talk to you Sunday and we'll see how you feeling and we'll go from there. And then he had me run two miles a day for another six days. And then he added a mile to it and it just kept going and going and going. I didn't have, know anything about runs or races or anything back then. Um, I thought that people that ran marathons were all professionals. That's all I seen on TV. <laughs> and so I was running uh, anywhere from 18 to 30 miles on uh, the weekend and one run in the trails, trail running. So I went and did a 26 mile trail run. Uh, I think it ended up being 27 miles. And I told my friend, I was like, you know what? I was like, 30 miles ain't going to seem pretty challenging or anything. I said, so I think I'm going to sign up for the 50 miler. Well, I signed up for the 50 miler and I was supposed to do that two weeks before I got shot. Um, end up getting, going through the shooting, everything, uh, even before I had the bullet removed out of me, spoke with the surgeon that was doing the surgery. He told me, he said, you're going to be in pain for the rest of your life. How much pain depends on the activity that you do. And I was like, well, I don't want to stop running. He said, you don't have to. He said, but I want you to know you're going to be in some pain. And so I was like, you know, I've been in pain all my life, emotionally, physically, spiritually, everything, you know, I have a high threshold to pain. I play sports and stuff, but this is just another one of those situations that's stretching that threshold. So I went out, I did 40 miles, um, and my PTSD, which is another story that I had to learn about, um, that was happening to me. I wasn't being treated for it. Um, no medication or anything of that nature. So I was stressing my body out, uh, with the pain and everything. And so I ended up getting vertical out on a course and they had to have somebody come out with a cart to call me away. And it was, it just went down here from there. And five years later, I'm sitting there just living at Starbucks in my apartment between the two, not doing anything. I mean, just isolated, withdrawn, everything. I didn't like myself. I didn't like what was happening to me. Mm. Um, I was wrestling with God because I've seen his power. You know, I was, you know, I tell people I was demon possessed before the Lord saved me. I had sicknesses and diseases and God miraculously healed me to show me who he was. Amen. And so I know the power of God in the sense that what he's able to do. And this is the first time in my walk with the Lord that I prayed for him to do something to help me. And he didn't. And so I had to wrestle with the sovereignty of God. You know, here's a good dad that been, you know, pretty much giving me what I need. And now, you know, spiritually I'm mature. He knows I'm committed to him. He's, he's honed in on me and taught me to trust in the Holy spirit and the fruits of the spirit, self-control because my emotions used to be everywhere. And I used to tell everybody, I'm like the incredible Hulk, <laughs> but <laughs> He, he taught me so much. And here in this situation, you know, doing my job, working for him, I'm in this situation. And I'm like, really, Lord, what's going on? And 
um, my pastor was telling me, he said, big man, he said, you're just going to have to learn to trust in the sovereignty of God. And that's what I wrestled with is knowing what my heavenly father is able to do, asking him and him not doing it. Yeah. And, and then put me in a situation where I was like, I'm ready to go run professionally. But God, like, no, you, you're not going to run professionally for who you think you're going to run for. You know, so the Holy Spirit was ministering to me. And it's like, you're going to run professionally, but it's not going to be for money. It's going to be for souls. And I'm going to slow you down because I, I was running at the, you know, like when I would do marathons, I was just doing those and pacing them anywhere from uh, 250 marathon to a 410 marathon just for conditioning. Yeah. You know, I was trail running. My 5K time was, I'm 40, what, 44 years old, 45 years old, running a 1648 5K time. Um, you know, my 10K was under 37 uh, minutes. I was doing an 11K and 42.07. Much faster than me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a big dude. So I'm like, you know, I'm pushing right before I got shot. I was pushing, getting, I was doing 10 miles in an hour and three minutes. So I was trying to get my 10 to 10 mile mark up under 60 minutes. And it was just, it was devastating for me. Everything was just devastating for me. Yeah. And that's that's what made the difference is now I'm on his plan. He's taking me from the front of the pack and put me in the back of the pack and he slowed me down and he sped me up with ministering to people and on the runs and things of that nature and slowed me down from running and leading people. And to really being a running servant, which my friends gave me that name, because <laughs> uh, they was like, you're always serving somebody. You're always running. You're always serving. And and it has stuck. And it's very, uh, it was a very prophetic name for me, um, for people to call me that, because that's exactly what the Lord has made me. Yeah, that's, it's an amazing story. A great name, Running Servant, and kind of uh, is a way for you to kind of, to, to share your story. And you, you have this new identity in Christ. And, you know, you were talking about, you know, the, the PTSD and still suffering with that severe PTSD, you know, from maybe part of your past, but also from what happened with this workplace shooting. And, you know, I, I've read, you know, up, uh, on about how for you running is, you know, God, you know, kind of gave you running as an escape from some of those nightmares. So how, how does running do that for you, whether it be running a marathon or just training or whatever else does running and that fitness aspect of it, does it really affect, you know, positively your mental health and that PTSD you deal with? Yes. And it's really for me trying to get back to a place of where the endorphins and everything reach out. I remember telling my doctors about it and I did research about it. And there's a lot of research out there. I came across an article at runner's world one time concerning uh, PTSD uh, trauma and running. And it was, it had a lot of data in there. So I ended up giving it to my doctors and everything. Uh, and I'm like, this is, you know, this is, this is real. The stuff that I've experienced is real. Um, runner's depression was real. Cause here I am used to running, you know, 150 to 225 miles in a month to just dwelling down to up under 75 to nothing. You know, I was to the point where I was hallucinating. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't good at all. And so I'm, I'm so grateful not to be in that place any longer. Um, but in having been where I was and being in, in that dark cave and God didn't leave me or forsake me, he didn't abandon me. He just didn't give me what I was hoping he would give me. And that was for me to be able to run at that level for that long and spend time with him and prayer, meditation, just, you know, people ask me, do you run with headphones on and things like that? I'm like, no, I say, you, 
I'm like, you, you miss so much beauty. If, you know, if you occupy your mind, you, you're not training the, the greatest part of your running muscle is your brain. You're not listening to your breathing. You're not listening to the Lord. You're not taking in your environment. You're not, you know, it's just so much to me that I experienced with God while running that I wasn't having anymore. And for me to get back to that is a strong desire for me to get back to a runner's high to have the endorphins kick in is, is tremendous. Um, my serotonin level has been affected through the PTSD. I take medicine for it to keep from having anxiety and depression, like these swings that were just out of control. Basically I would cry or I would have anxiety it would crash into depression. Then I would have these crying spells that last two for four hours and I couldn't even stop. And you know, it's like somebody having the hiccups or sneezing and just, you don't want to, but it just keeps happening. And that's how it was. It was embarrassing. I'd be out to eat somewhere and I would just put my head down on the table. I couldn't move. Um, just all kind of things. I would find myself in public places, uh, bathrooms, hiding up under the sink, thinking somebody was coming to get me. It was, it was a terrible experience, but as I tell everyone, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, but in going through it and knowing that the Lord was with me and ministering to me, strengthening me, establishing me, perfecting me, if I had to do it all over again, and that's the only way I could get where I am with the Lord today, I would, in a heartbeat, jump on the train and and be the first person to get a ticket to go through the ride all over again. Um, but it, it, it definitely wasn't and isn't something. It has its, its moments. It has its components. It has its, uh, what I say, sectors. And right now I'm, I'm just getting stronger and, and learning how to deal with the pain, learning how to deal with, I gained 80 pounds with medicine and different things and, and less activity. So there's a lot of mental things I fight as well. Um, the depression, the hopelessness is still there at time. And it's, you know, everybody experiences those things, but to experience them on a level that's overwhelming is not a good thing. And that wasn't how I was before. Um, I was always that person that made things happen, that go-getter. So God has truly used this as me depending upon him sovereignly. And then also, to your point of what you asked about, as far as my life, I don't, you know, I was committed to the Lord, wanting to do what God wanted me to do. Once he showed me that, that commitment is just that much stronger. And I'm not wavering from it. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm just not wavering for from it. You know, people ask me, well, how are you going to do this? Or how are you going to survive? How you, I said, the Lord is going to take care of me. And I know people say that as a Christianese comment at times, Yeah. but I've seen him take care of me when I could not take care of myself and there wasn't no one to take care of me. I've seen him put it on people's heart. I've seen him, you know, just I've I've known people that I've one brother in Christ, he was struggling with, you know, helping people and thinking that, you know, he knew better what people should be doing. And God was breaking him down for trying to play God in people's lives. And so God had put it on his heart for him to help me financially. And he was steady helping me. And I would I'll be like, brother, you know, you know, I, don't, I can't pay you back. I can't do this. I can't. He's like, man, no problem. He's like, God is working on me. He said, believe you me. He said, I wanted to stop helping you a long time ago. <laughs> and he was like, but God is working on me. You know, that my money, my wealth, my this, my that isn't mine. It's his. Yeah. And whatever he needs it for, I need to be obedient to. And so that brother, walked, to this day, he walks with me. Um, we both have been strengthened and the Lord in different ways. But literally to this day, this brother is walking with me, praying for me, um, praying with me concerning 
the the uh, actual ministry that God has for me, that what I'm doing right now, the opportunities, the doors that God has opened up, it has just been phenomenal. And it has been to where it's been undeniable that God's hand is in the situation. And I don't finish every marathon. I get closer to 26. Sometimes, sometimes I'm further away from 26. And that was another thing that just, that was a pride checker for me because, you know, my ego, my male ego, my male bravado, I'm going to go out here and do this regardless. Even if I got to crawl across the finish line and my doctors and my trainers was like, look, you can't hurt yourself worse just to finish a, a race. You know, your race is bigger than one marathon. Yeah. And you have to get stronger. You have to do this. You have to do that. So um, I've had to humble myself and, and listen to people about giving me advice about what I'm passionate about. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and now, like, how are you going to tell me this? You don't even run. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like you were saying about, you know, that's such an important message for folks to hear is they feel like that, that God's not answering their prayer or God's left them or forsaken them. Maybe, you know, how you felt. And, you know, the, the truth is that, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. he's, there's a purpose, there's a reason, and, you know, like to, for you, you now to slow you down, to make you the running servant, to, to run for him and for a, for a higher purpose, not to be a professional trail runner or whatever else, but be, you know, running for, for someone else and for, for, for other people to know him. And so it's such a great message that, you know, it, cause you've got to just be patient. I mean, it's, he's not going to answer your prayer in the way you want or maybe in the time you want. Um, and for you now, I mean, moving forward, you know, you uh, just turned 50 years old um, on January 15th this year. Is that correct? That's correct. And then the day after that, you start this challenge. Um, I think you started, I'm here in Columbus, Georgia. So I think your first one was in Georgia, uh, marathon wise. So your, your challenge that you've kind of put out there is uh, 50 marathons in uh, 50 states in 50 weeks. So just about a year's time. So, yes. um, so, and you're, uh, I think when we talked, you know, kind of off mic, you're um, a little more than halfway there. So, so how's it going so far? How are you doing physically and mentally? Is this, is this been harder than you expected it to be with the travel and the, and the running and all that kind of stuff? You know, the hardest thing is putting all this together mentally and emotionally the logistics of it in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah. Um, for instance, when I began the run, I was running Chevron marathon to kick my 50th year off. Uh, it's always on my birthday weekend. And that's in Houston, so was gonna, in, in Houston. Yeah. In Houston. So, uh, I was going to kick it off with that. And, you know, here it is almost a couple of months before. And they like, Oh, we're not going to have it. We're going virtual. And I'm like, wow, now I got to find a run. So then I I get another run. I said, well, I'll just do Louisiana. It's the same weekend. I'll start in Louisiana. Well, guess what Louisiana ended up doing? Canceling theirs. Gone. (laughs) And I'm like, man, so I'm like literally two weeks away from my birthday weekend. And I'm like, I don't have a run to even begin the 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 weeks. And I'm searching, I'm searching, and, and over in uh, Dafowski Island uh, is where I end up going to run, it's, which is off of, off of Georgia, but I went over there to run, and it actually, um, I'm, I'm using the criteria for the uh, uh, 50 marathons club and uh, Maniac Marathons and the Double Agents, I'm using those criteria. So that particular island, they have it under the qualification for South Carolina. So I was like, okay, I'll just do that one and and start there. And that's where I started. And it's just been, every run has been a confirmation as to me being there for some reason or some or another for someone. And you know, as this thing has gotten longer into it, I'm on 27 now. It 
you know, I get inboxes, I get messages from people and they, you know, want to support or they want to, you know, it's the story. They want to know more or it's, you know, it's a believer in Jesus Christ saying, man, you know, I wish I had the amount of faith you have in the Lord. And I'm like, you know, the amount of faith I have in the Lord is the one that I got to answer for the amount of uh, faith and grace he's given you, you have to answer for. And so you got to step out and do what God is calling you for obedience, because you can't run my race no more than I could run Tony Evans race or Billy Graham's race. God didn't equip me for their races. He equipped me for my race. And so I'm encouraged them. God has equipped you for your race. And, and then I've had people that, um, with this situation, that has happened to me that, you know, from one of my doctors who grew up uh, Catholic, him and his wife started going back to church and he started reading the Bible because I would tell him, you know, you don't have all the answers. You can, you're helpful, but you don't have all the answers. I don't have it all. I said, all my doctors together don't have all the answers. And then they wanted to know, you know, what, why did I have so much hope mm. in the midst of what I've been through? Because, uh, both of my psychiatrists and psychologists said that the shooting victims that they've, that they've worked with and wor are working with, they're like, you are the most, like you are on the road to recovery faster than anybody I've worked with. And you know, what is it? And I tell them it's my hope. And he's like, your hope. I said, yeah, my hope is not in hope. My hope is not in an event. It's not in myself. I said, it's in a person. And he was like, well, who's, who's that person? I was like, Jesus Christ. And so, you know, I was like, no matter how dark this, you know, this, this gets, I was like, I know that this isn't the end. I know that my eternity is yet to begin with him and that there's another world to come that there's a world where all the wrong is going to be made right. And that we have to give an answer for everything done in the flesh. And, you know, the things that I did in ignorance that God has forgiven me and coming to Christ for, I'm so grateful for that. I never had to answer for that. And then the things that I've done in the flesh from there, you know, I want to minimize and, and not have to, you know, like Jesus said, every, every slave is going to be beaten. You know, some beaten with few stripes, some with many, but we all getting a whooping from daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just want to make sure that I'm not getting too much of a whooping. Yeah. And, and so I want to, you know, I'll submit to him and, and I tell people it's not a, I say, it's not about living the Christian life. Christ has already lived his life. What he wants to do is us to surrender to him through the power of the spirit, through the power of his death, burial, and resurrection, through the power that raised Jesus from the dead. The Bible says that the same power where God had to gird himself with strength when it said that he flung the heavens into creation, but when he raised Jesus from the dead, he had to gird himself with strength that same power now dwells in our mortal bodies in these earthen vessels. And he wants us to surrender and submit to him and allow the Holy spirit to live the life of Christ through us. And, and we have the word of God to connect with that prayer, to connect with that one another, to connect with that. And that's how we need to live. I remember, uh, what got me through this, this time, because it's been darker times before, but this is the most darkest so far is the fact that I listened to Tony Evans with the urban alternative and Dr. Tony Evans would say, when God is silent and you know that it's not because of sin in your life, disobedience in your life, you've lost fellowship with God because of sin. He said, when you know that you're living rightly in the Lord, and God is silent. He's up to something big. 
Yeah. Well, as, Don't as, give up. Yeah. As, as, as they say, uh, that, that'll preach. <laughs> yeah. He, he's up to something. And, and I know that, you know, as you're traveling the country, you know, your, your home's in Houston, Texas, but you're obviously going to all these 50 states this year is the goal. And, you know, obviously you're running the marathons in each of these places, but you're getting a chance to talk about Jesus in person because you're not doing the virtual races. You're doing all in-person ones. So yes. I, I know you were, <laughs> you've done, you started with South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, kind of down the south, and then moved out west to, I think, Arizona and California, some of those places. And you and I met in the West Virginia, Kentucky area. So, you know, have you had, you know, out of these 26 or 27 marathons you've done so far, you have a a favorite, something that, or or, or are they all kind of just like all in the same kind of hat together? You know, they... I look at, I started off thinking that each round was going to be different, but they're all a piece of a puzzle and I'm, I don't have the puzzle box to go by. God has given me a piece with each race and each one is unique. Each one has someone that I met. That's been super special. Each one has had somebody I've met where God has allowed me to minister to that person. Um, I think the most memorable things that for me is the ones where I am, I'm weeping, I'm crying because of the spirit of God moving in a situation with people. Um, I remember one run I was sweating so bad and we had just a moment out on a course and stuff with a group of us. And I remember telling telling everybody i said boy i'm so glad i'm sweating so bad so y'all can't see me crying (laughs) and i was literally tears rolling down my eyes with the sweat Mm. um i was in uh, portland oregon for the uh foot traffic asavi island marathon and a lady and her husband inboxed me on facebook i never met him before they ran a race. I didn't see them out there, but they heard about me and they looked me up and his wife read the article. She had did the full, he did the half and they were at the same hotel I was at and they wanted to know if they could buy me a drink. So I was like, okay, go down and get me a free Lottie. <laughs> so <laughs> we sat and we met and we shared, we talked and we cried, we wept, we hugged, and there's, I'm one that's always given encouragement. It's like, it's like the pastor of the church. People think that the pastor never needs encouraging. They think he is, his life is all together. Like he's, man, he's walking with God. He don't have any issues. Ain't nothing bothering him, you know, and little do people know that the very thing that that he's given out, he needs. Mm-hmm. And so I give out a lot of encouragement and I serve people and things of that nature, but I very rarely get it. And so I would think the most amazing thing for me in all of this is that God has strategically given me encouragement at each race through somebody. And it has built up now to the point where I am so full that all you got to do is, you know, poke me like the uh, Pillsbury Doughboy, and I'm just going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I, just going to weep. Yeah, and, and I, I want to, you know, in just a little bit, I want to close out talking about where people can follow your journey and where they can donate because you're. Um, we'll talk a little bit about how you're raising money for a young boy, Aiden, uh, at St. Jude Hospital. But um, I'll, I wanted to also, because we talk about fitness and faith on this podcast, you know, um, a lot of folks that may be listening, struggling with their weight and or their emotions or whatever else, especially amidst this COVID-19 pandemic we've been dealing with for the last year and a half. Um, you know, I've, I've read and you talked about it briefly about how you were almost, you know, at 400 pounds and then you got all the way down to, I think, you know, just above 200 pounds. So losing a lot of weight, 150, 200 pounds. How did you do that? I mean, was it, was it running? Was it, uh, just eating better? Was that something that you were really kind of driving towards in terms of a goal of, I want to lose a lot of weight? It was a lifestyle change. And that's what I tell people. 
I, I don't tell people to do an activity that I did. I tell them I made a decision to make a lifestyle change. I moved two miles away from my work and I, I stopped driving my vehicle and I will walk to work in the morning. I walk home in the evening. Um, I ended up getting a bike from a friend and I would ride to work and ride home or walk or whichever combination uh, I started running. I would uh, bike to Bible study. I would run to church. We had showers at church. So I had clothes there. I would run to church. I would take a shower, whatever it was. That was an active lifestyle. I parked far further away. I walked upstairs and downstairs instead of taking elevators, every little thing where I could make it easier for me to be lazy. I made it harder for me not to be lazy. And so those were the things I changed my diet. I started eating stuff from the outside of the aisles of the store over in the produce. I, I have a saying that if something lasts in my house more than a week, I don't want it in my, in my house, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I eat fresh, everything. My diet has changed to, uh, I would say 90% raw or organic, I eat more grains, you know, I, you know, I still have my M&M addiction because they keep making those peanut M&M. <laughs> well, that, that's that a, peanut that, butter m &Ms. That's key for trail runners now. That that's yeah, a, that's, that's, yeah. that's out on the course for that. That's a that's yeah. that's like having uh, the gels and the uh, the Gatorade at the the water stops. And and so and then you're also you know um, pacing some of these marathons or maybe pacing a lot of them. I, I know you and I were both pacers, holding the stick with the the time uh, at yes. Hatfield and McCoy. So and you're known as the you know hashtag running servant, running for others, maybe that are have gone through maybe not exactly what you've gone through but similar stuff in terms of you know emotional pain physical pain and and you know a lot of people don't talk about the mental health so for you as the quote you know running servant why do you you know um why do you pace and why do you go out there i mean in terms of what i mean i know obviously it's it's a, it's a heavenly mission but is it something where you feel mm -hmm. like you can hopefully inspire others not only you know um spiritually but also physically fitness wise well that um i started pacing because when you're doing ultra marathons and stuff you really don't have the crowds cheering you on and and so i would go and give to others the very thing that I would want during my races that I, I wasn't really getting. You would get them at the aid stations, but the five miles in between, you're not getting that. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, I think somebody told me the other day, they was like, uh, I felt like Jesus a little bit. You saved others, now save yourself. <laughs> we were, <laughs> I was up in, um, uh, can't remember off Utah. So at the Utah, uh, when I was there and I was going around the second time, somebody was like, you've encouraged so many people encourage yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but you know, it gets dry like that. And you know, most of the people right now they're doing a half. And so, if, especially if you're on the loop, you, you, I'm by myself, you know, so it's just really serving the interests of others. And I tell people, you may not be able to, lead somebody that's ahead of you, but you can lead somebody that's behind you. Yeah. Find somebody, you know, we talk about accountability, you know what, serve, let's do a servability. Let's, you know, if I like what John MacArthur says, he said, if you won't be accountable to your own conscience, you won't be accountable to the conscience of another. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so let's do servability. Why don't you serve somebody that's serving you? You know, you learning from somebody, find somebody else to teach. Because once you're teaching somebody something, then you, you kind of like put yourself in the place of accountability, you know, because we care about how we look to other people. That I mean, honestly, we just do. So, you know, we have to I always check myself about pride because I, I feel my pride coming up and I feel I'm and I have to tell myself, you know what? You're a servant of God. You don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to.
Yeah, and, and so, so and, and and for you, I know you were wanting to get faster, and you were all about like being the front of the pack and and leading the way, mm-hmm. and kind of being you know and look maybe looking at the leaderboard of some of these races, perhaps or something like that. And then all of a sudden, all this stuff happens to you, and you're now more kind of middle or back of the pack. And, uh, and you know, as the Bible says, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Yeah. That, <laughs> I'm that, the caboose. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a that's a you know it's it's a check, like you said, of your pride, especially. You know, um, as a man, you know, you you kind of think, you know, well, man, you know, I, I, how can I do this, or how can I not finish this race, or whatever else, and and because a lot of people may may feel that way, but um, you know, for you, that's that's a lesson you've learned, you know, the hard way, and and, and you know, and the back of the pack is the caboose is really where where the party's at, right? <laughs> that's where oh, that's where the, the party fun. on the pavement. <laughs> that's where the fun is. I, I and if you and if you take time, I tell I tell my friends all the time. They was like, I don't know if I could pace a race. I say, yes, you can. I don't know if I can keep the time. I said, listen, if you if you can run a half marathon in under two hours, then pace two and a half, two forty-five to where you have to slow down and and spend time with people. Stay with them because you're not expending that much energy. Start investing your life into other people because at the end of the day, that's the only thing you're getting back in heaven. What you invested in people, not things, not places. Yeah. Only people. Yeah. So now are you uh, dealing with, and obviously you have this bullet still in your glute, and the glute is, is the engine, part of the engine that in the hips that drive the running. So uh, what kind of injuries are you dealing with over the course of this, this at least these first, this first half of your 50-50-50 challenge is, is, I guess that that's part of the challenge is, is dealing with the kind of the uh, not being able to really recover, right? Yeah. So I'm getting faster, slower, if that makes any sense. And um, as I hone in on getting faster, the pain is getting worse. Mm. And one of the things is, is with my trainer and my massage therapist and um, uh, my cross trainer is making sure my movements are healthy and intentional. So a lot of the, muscles that were overcompensating and I was getting injured from muscle strain. Uh, that was the most common injury, my muscle strains, um, especially all the way down to my right Achilles, that whole right side. It was just terrible, but in keeping these things up and, and learning to move intentional and things of that nature, uh, I've been able to keep, the pain where it needs to be. And as I've been keeping the pain where it needs to be, the pain has been rebelling against me by getting stronger along as I'm getting stronger. So I was, it was hard for me to keep a 17 minute mile when I was starting. Um, and then I've gotten down to where I'm down to 14, 10 on average. Hmm. Um, now I can run quicker than that. Cause I do get some, sometimes where I'm running a quarter mile for, uh, a specific time, but then I can't, I can't hold it that long. Um, I've literally ran a quarter mile in like, uh, two minutes and, and some seconds, two minutes, 25 seconds. And people are like, how do you run a quarter mile of that? When you that hurt one, because my muscle memory two, form. And I tell people this all the time, form, form, form. If you don't know how to, everybody knows how to move. Not everybody knows how to run. Right. And if you're injured all the time from running, that's part of that is because of your form. Other parts can be because of cross training, but I see a lot of fit people that are injured and it's, and I look at them and I'm like, their form is terrible, you know, and I'm working with a lady right now and I started her with her arm swing on her, on her little runs. I say, keep your elbows a certain way, this and that. And I, I taught her the mechanics of the arm swing. And she called me back. She said, oh, my God. She's like, you're right. You're going to have to be right next to me, <laughs> for, me to, for me to to do more moves than this. Because she was like, I couldn't. She's like, I couldn't focus. I said, yeah, because your body is used to you doing stuff the wrong way. Yeah. And so that's that's been real key. With me, even though I knew these things, my my uh, connection, neurological connection, because of the damage that was done, was all over the map. 
So I was hurting everywhere. And now that I'm doing it the right way, I'm not hurting everywhere. I'm hurting the, everywhere that it needs to be hurting. Yeah. And even my massage therapist, she's been working with me over a year now. She said, you know, she was telling me she, she was doing something to me muscle-wise. And she said, okay, I need you to move your, your right glute. And I was moving it. She said, I need you to move your right glute. I said, I'm moving it. She's like, it is not moving. I said, this is what I keep telling you. When I'm running and my glutes cut out on me, this is what I'm telling you. She says, you mean to tell me that you're really trying to move your glute? I said, yes, but it's not firing. And, and so I started moving the left one on her. And it, she was like, so you can move the left one, but you can't move the right one? I said, nope. <laughs> and I said, and eventually, the the if I'm running, the, the left one is going to give out too to where it's like me pressing the gas on a car, no matter how hard I press the ga- the car, not going to go any faster. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how it fit. That's how I feel. And then when you're out yeah. there for, you know, three, four or five hours of a race, you know, people's form kind of falls apart and things hurt more and, and, and you got fatigue, all that kind of stuff. And so, yes. um, so Aaron, for you, you know, you've got, uh, what, 23 States left to go. Um, and uh, we're in, uh, in in July now. So what's what's next for you? I mean, are, are you trying to do one a week, or you sometimes have to do more than that? It kind of depends on how your the logistics work out. Yeah, depending on the cancellation and the logistics. So I'm I'm at the point now where one a week won't work because of the Texas freeze. It took my two week uh, play away from me. So I'm going to have to on some of them. I'm going to have to hook up with like the 50 state marathons or the mainly marathons, some of those marathons where they run them during the week yep. and um, knock one out during the week and then one on a Sunday. So that, that week when it goes over, I'll, I'll catch up. I'm, I am uh, one, one state behind right now. Um, and depending on Hawaii, cause Hawaii keep canceling. I only got one more, which is the Honolulu marathon to where I, if they cancel that one, then I can't get Hawaii done because everything is canceled. Mm. Um, so I'll be two States behind and then California keep canceling because of the wildfires because of the air quality. What are some of the races, you know, that are coming up, like say in August or in the fall that you're maybe most looking forward to, or maybe you've haven't run, you know, you that you're excited about. Oh yeah. So I'm looking forward to the, uh, the moonlight, nightfall race over in West Virginia at the end of July. Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, the Alaska, uh, oh. run fest that's at the end of August and there's runs in between. I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to going back on August 15th, running the tunnel marathon up in, uh, Sequoia, Washington. Nice. Now I did that one before I paced that one for the five thirty, and it's a beautiful run. I tell people that is a beautiful run and it's, (laughs) it's awe inspiring. You, your breath will definitely be taken away. I am doing, um, the tunnel marathon in Illinois because I can't do Chicago this year because Boston ended up being on a, on, um, a Monday, Mm. which Chicago is supposed to be that Sunday. Now, back in the day before the shooting, I would have, did them both and been happy, but I can't, I can't change chance it. So I had to make a decision whether to cancel it or not. So I ended up having to cancel Chicago in order to do Boston because that's my fifth world Abbott marathon star, which I was supposed to do Tokyo, but Tokyo then said, no, we're not going to let the foreigners in. So now I got to wait to 2023 to finish Mm. Tokyo for my six stars. When I started them, I was doing them all in one year. Yeah. So, and COVID messed it all up. I was and, doing them all in one year. <laughs> and I know, you know, with your 50-50-50 challenge, uh, your purpose this year is to raise, you know, funds for St. Jude's Hospital, specifically, you know, uh, in honor of Aiden, a little boy with several childhood diseases. And, and uh, I understand you met him at the Chicago Marathon and prayed with him. And this is kind of, well, you know, another message from God to, to, to Aaron uh, to do this. So if f- folks want to follow your journey, like the, the states that you're knocking out with these marathons, and if they want to donate towards the cause or buy a shirt or anything like that, where can they go to to find all that information. So the best thing to do is just Google the running servant. 
or you can Google hashtag running servant. It'll pull up everything. Um, if you want to give the St. Jude heroes, um, you can go to their website and search for Aaron Burroughs, A-A-R-O-N-B-U-R-R-O-S, or just put in the running servant or hashtag running servant. It'll pull up my St. Jude's uh, donation, and that's at uh, the St. Jude Heroes website. Um, everything else, if you just Google, everything will come up. And if you want to reach out to me, um, my number's on everything. You know, I tell people if they want to reach out to me, text me or call me. Uh, you can also inbox me with Facebook. I'm also on uh, The Running Servant. It'll come up on Instagram, Twitter. So it, it just made it easier to just put everything under the running servant. Well, you can be found easily. This sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, I, I close out um, usually each podcast with a prayer. And so I want to, you know, kind of hand off the pacer, uh, you know, stick to you, uh, um, Aaron, if you don't mind, uh, closing this out in prayer. Yes. Our eternal Father, Lord God, we um, are called to run the greatest race in life. And that's for Jesus Christ, Lord God to his glory and his praise. Father, we know that your spirit gives healing as he sees fit. And we know ultimately, Lord God, that all those who trust and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to give ultimate healing with new bodies. I thank you for Aiden. I thank you for his family. I thank you for all the runners who are running on behalf of Aiden, whether they use hashtag I run for Aiden or whether they're raising funds for St. Jude's Children Research Hospital or if they're doing it for any hospital, Lord God, in Aiden's name that help with childhood diseases or cancer, period. Lord, we know, Heavenly Father, that cancer is a free radical cells that just take over the body. And most people have cancer and don't even know it, Lord God. But cancer for us today is like um, leprosy during the days of Jesus, Heavenly Father. It's a disease that no one wants, and, and, and those who have it don't even want it. But, Lord God, even like with leprosy, Heavenly Father, you're able to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of unrighteousness. I thank you that you have a purpose for Aiden's life, for his family, and for running, Lord God. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that all your children who take any sport, anything they got to deal with, endurance or discipline, will allow you to minister to them through your spirit, the truth of your gospel, Heavenly Father, for all truth is your truth. Jesus says he is the truth, the way and the life. So, Father, we want to be washed by your truth through grace and mercy and truth, purse of our iniquity, through love and kindness and truth, Lord God. We want to just love one another through grace and truth. We want to grow into the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Father God, we, Lord God, just want to acknowledge that you're the God of truth. And Father God, apart from you, everything else is just the father of lies. And we don't want him, Lord. We want to denounce him. So we thank you for what you're doing, for your glory, for your name of your son, to glorify him, that he might glorify his bride, that you will be glorified, and that we will glorify y'all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Aaron. You know, thank you for uh, for joining us, but also just being an inspiration as the running servant and, and uh, kind of not being ashamed of, you know, just talking openly about the gospel, you know, on a podcast like this or, or with folks you meet all around the country. And we only wish you the best on these next uh, 20-something states, that the travel will be smooth and, and that uh, you will run well and, and uh, not be in as much pain, I guess, hopefully, right? Hopefully, I'm, um, I'm at some point, my uh, strength got to get stronger than the pain. And that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well God will give you the, the, that supernatural strength that you need. And, and uh, you're, you're really, uh, you're spreading a, a great message across the country and inspiring folks that are, you know, experienced runners or brand new to marathon. So uh, we thank you for all that you're doing. Yeah. Maybe I'll, uh, you know, like, like Paul prayed that the thorn in his flesh would be removed. My thorn in my flesh just happened to be a bullet. And I would like to give God thanksgiving because my grandniece was diagnosed with cancer two weeks before um, I began running for wow. Aiden. Wow. And she just got cancer-free. They removed cancer from her kidney, and she had tumors under her skull, which she's still getting treatment for but she's officially cancer-free. So 
I want to thank God for that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Aaron, and uh, we wish you the best. We'll be following your journey and, and uh, uh, rooting you on as you close out this, uh, this great uh, um, goal of yours. Yes, sir. God bless you. God bless your listeners. Glorify Christ in all that you do. All right. Thank you, Aaron. He's inspiring for what he's he's gone through and what he's doing now uh, for uh, our real hero, the, a higher power, uh, Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, he um, he had a previous challenge before this 50-50-50 to run these six world marathons. I think he's still got Tokyo and Boston left to do. I know he's hoping to do those this fall or, or somewhere thereafter. He's trying to raise $50,000. Uh, I think he's got a, at least a thousand so far for St. Jude Children's Hospital. I and mean, this is free of charge for these families that have kids dealing with, you know, uh, uh, that are, you know, deadly diseases and cancer. And, and so it's, it's such a great organization. So hopefully you can uh, uh, find Running Servant Aaron Burroughs uh, online somewhere and uh, uh, donate to his great cause. And, and I, what I hear, uh, what I've read, he also has a kind of a future challenge in mind. I wants to return to his passion of trail running, competing 50 trail runs of 50 miles in 50 weeks. And uh, probably going to maybe throw in a 100-miler in there as well, uh, like he did uh, before the uh, sh- workplace shooting that he was involved in in Texas. Now, turning to our final segments of the podcast, I know this is what you're waiting for, uh, for uh, hear me sing a little bit of Whitney Houston, so don't, don't compare me. Got that as our uh, stuck in my head, and then some uh, inspiration from a motivational speaker for our parting gift. So I, you know, I told you before about how Aaron was kind of a part of our entertainment uh, at the expo uh, in the cafeteria where we were eating uh, dinner the night before the Hatfield-McCoy Marathon in West Virginia. Um, but a- after the DJ did all his music and we were dancing and eating and all that kind of stuff, group of us, and uh, at the end, one of the volunteers came up and wanted to sing a song for us, dedicated it to us. It was uh, Run to You Appropriately <laughs> Before a Marathon uh, by the uh, one and only incomparable Whitney Houston. And uh, some great lyrics there. So I'm going to kind of uh, do a little uh, lower register version of that. Um, <clears throat> here we go. I know that when you look at me, there's so much that you just don't see. But if you would only take the time, I know in my heart you'd find. I want to run to you. I want to run to you. Ooh, oh, I'm all, <laughs> that's, a, that's above my register there uh, with my low voice. But, uh, yeah, there you go. That's Run to You by Whitney Houston, sung to us at the Hatfield-McCoy Marathon, a little stuck in your head, so, uh, or stuck in my head at least. And uh, our, uh, I'll, uh, I'll spare you any more singing. Uh, our parting gift uh, comes from Tony Robbins, who you know well as a motivational speaker all over the globe. Uh, this is what he says. Stop being afraid of what could go wrong and start being excited about what could go right. Oftentimes we think about worst case scenario and and all the things that could go wrong, which is, you know, it's it's natural to have those thoughts and a little bit of that anxiety. But uh, really it should be more about like getting excited about what is going to go right, whether it be with your fitness and running or or your faith or your job or your family or an event that you're going to be a part of or whatever else, you know, uh, just that that day. Get excited about what could go right, what what God's going to do and through you, what you can do for the Lord and for other people. So uh, just like uh, Aaron Burroughs is doing. So thank you so much again for joining us for the Run the Race podcast. Aaron uh, closed us out in prayer. Uh, nice enough to do that and join us. And uh, looking forward to uh, many uh, other great conversations in the coming weeks and months. And again, thank you so much for listening. Continue to share uh, hashtag Run the Race all over to your friends and family. And we'll uh, continue to, to uh, churn out some of these uh, great episodes, hopefully. Until next time, hope you guys have a wonderful week.